about my generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, now this week here, Eva has called out sick again, which is bullshit, but hey, you know, she's, she decided that she was going to take some NyQuil and drop, you know, drop out on us, so... I said, fuck it. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we were going to be covering League of Their Own and Field of Dreams, but instead, we're going to do something that, because this weekend is my birthday, we're going to do something that I love. We're going to do a movie that I absolutely love. Yeah. And it's a shame that Eva isn't here because she really needs to see this movie. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to be covering... Something that involves Jason Lee, Ethan Suitley, uh, Jason Mewes, uh, Shannon Doherty, uh, God, I'm trying to think of all the people who are in this. Ben Affleck, he's in there well, as well. Jeremy uh, London, Claire Frelani, jo Joy Lauren Adams, Michael Rooker, friggin' um, Rowdy Burns is in this movie, ladies yes. and gentlemen. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and, and of course, the great Stan Lee. Yes. Cannot forget that. <laughs> yes, as himself. Um, uh, you also got uh, Walt Flanagan, uh, Brian Johnson. Uh, actually, this was their, the first time I really noticed them because Walt is Walt the fanboy and uh, Brian is uh, Steve Dave. <laughs> yes. Get him, Steve Dave. <laughs> um, so for those who are not familiar with this film, we are talking about 1995's mall rats oh yeah yeah now, i i believe i told you this off air i might have mentioned this in one of the other talking about my generations episodes that i've been on when i first saw this is 95 right i was yeah. 15 <laughs> for some reason the group home or i don't know if i was with my dad or, or who i was with at the time but i was either with a group home or a foster parent or something like that and we went over to um, River Falls Mall in southern Indiana. And they were showing uh, Mallrats and Sabrina. The 95, <laughs> Harrison Ford, Greg, Ken is it Greg Kinnear? Who the hell is um, One of them people. Harrison yeah. Ford, uh, Julia Ormond. And I had to sit through Sabrina as a 15-year-old. Oh, God. Um, now, the funny part of the story is because back then I knew nothing of Clerks. I was 14, 15, you know, I was 15 years old, 95. So I knew nothing of Clerks, knew nothing of Mallrats, knew nothing of the, the, the burgeoning career of Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah. I saw the poster of, of Mallrats, and all I saw was the title Mallrats. I'm like, wait. Why did they make a movie about rats running around a mall? <laughs> I thought the same thing. Now, I've got to tell you that when I first heard about Mall Rats, it was at Comic Con, and really? Kevin Smith actually had it. He debuted it down there at Comic Con itself. He he had uh, Weinstein Company brought it down. They said, "Okay, we're going to show it in the theater." I was one of the few people who got in there to see it, and it really it was like nobody knew what this was going to be like. <laughs> and so everybody's in there, and we're getting all excited. We're watching the film. We're dying of laughter as we're coming out. He, you know, uh, who is it? Uh, Harvey Weinstein is standing there at the back, and he's listening to all this. And he says, "Wow, this is going to be great. These numbers are going to be awesome." 
And uh, unfortunately, Mallrats bombed when it came out in the theaters. But it has a huge cult following now. That's all that matters. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The budget for it was six million which is actually i think is it yeah because smith made clerks for twenty seven thousand, right yeah, yeah something like that yeah, yeah budget for mall rats was six million the box office domestic was two million and change uh u.s and spain was just two million four hundred thousand and change Jeez. <laughs> oh my god um yeah. <laughs> um no, this this movie. Oh my god, I love this movie. Yes. Uh This is one of the most quotable 90s films ever. Yes. One of them. Anyway, I I mean everything from Tell 'em Steve Dave, Shut Up Fanboy to uh Hell, Hell Hath No uh yeah, hell hath no fury like a woman like a woman scorned, scorned for Sega. Sega. That's what it is. <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, it's just every. That's the one thing I love about Kevin Smith and his his early work is that he has this. All of his films, up to not counting Jersey Girl, not counting Red State, not counting whatever other things he's done, anything that has all of his characters in. The majority of it, like Clerks, uh, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, that's the first part of the trilogy. Um, yep. And then you have uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Dogma is loosely connected. Uh, it is, it it is part of it. But and then you've got Clerks. All all those movies that he did with all the pretty much all those same characters, with the exception of Dogma are just so well done, well written, well acted. And Mallrats, it combines major stars with complete unknowns at the time, I, th- yeah. I believe. Well, I mean, uh, you, look at, you look at who they got. I mean, they had Ben Affleck, who Ben Affleck was still unknown at this point, but he was a good friend of Kevin Smith's. Yeah, 95, he was... Uh, he hadn't done, he and... Um, Matt, Matt, yeah, I hadn't done Good Will Hunting till 97. Now, that's a movie we are definitely covering on this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to cover that in these yeah. apples. <laughs> How about them apples? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we'll have to cover that one. But, yeah, I mean, there's just so much. I mean, we see Ben Affleck with Fashionable Veil. We see uh, Shannon Doherty, who shows up. And this is all after the uh, Beverly Hills 90210 stuff that she started getting big with. Yeah. I mean, and of course, they make a reference, which I still laugh to this day, when Ethan Soufley is standing there trying to see the poster, and he looks over and he sees her and he goes, Brenda? <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's there's so many quotable lines, as you were mentioning, and we'll have to, we'll definitely have to get to some of that here in a little bit, because I mean, there's just, there's so much that I want to cover on it. <laughs> oh my god, this film is so great. The the basic plot to to boil it down for everybody is um, it's a day prior to the events of Clerks. Uh, college student T.S. Quint, played by Jeremy London, is preparing for a trip to Universal Studios in Florida with Brandy Svenning, during which he plans to propose to her. However, Brandy tells him she cannot go 
because she has volunteered to fill in as a contestant on Truth or Date, her father's dating game show. And of course, an argument ensues, and Brody then, or um, T.S. then goes to Brody, uh, because Brody and his girlfriend, um, Renee, have an argument and kind of break up, and and then um, Brody and, that whole, and T- Go ahead. That whole breakup is just hilarious, because he's going on about how he, he's uh, farting while she's going down on him. <laughs> I just I I heard that and I'm like oh my god, and I hate to say it but I've done that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know I don't know what's worse that revelation or the other revelation about eHarmony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my you're wife was about ready number, to kill me sir. when I did it. So <laughs> you're just a number, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. <laughs> a mathematical equation for people to play with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, uh, you know that's the one thing I love about Jason Lee with his characters in this franchise. Oh yeah, Brody is completely outspoken, uh, speaks his mind, and, and it's comedy gold. It really is. And oh, I know God, it's yeah. mostly I know it's mostly Smith. That's it's Smith's writing that he's reading, but just the delivery and the way the character was written. No one else could have played Brody other than Jason Lee. Just nobody. Oh yeah. Um, it's just. It's just so so great. Uh, so, so TS and Brody have breakups with their respective girlfriends. So TS goes over to Brody's house and and you know they're like, you know, it could really, you know, get us a pick me up here. Is um, and the, and the, I think TS said something about ritual suicide. He goes, "No, you idiot! The fucking mall." <laughs> Yeah. Brody is the king of the mall rats. Brody oh, yeah. is, and I, I, I have never to this day. Not that I want people to copy Kevin Smith's work. I have never to this day in all of geekdom so far, as far as geek culture has exploded. You know, over the last twenty years at least. Oh yeah. I I have never seen a film about a mall geek other than this one. Yeah, there, like, there really isn't anything, and I'm I'm glad for that because. Oh no, I'm glad too. But I'm I'm just saying, like, to me, okay, as a kid, geek and nerd were negative terms. Yep. Let's face it, everybody, every one of us that said that we were a geek or a nerd, or said that we liked something that someone else didn't like, or the majority of our friends didn't like, we were shunned upon. Now, in, in, in this day and age, anybody can... There are baseball geeks, which we will find out later in this month. There are football geeks. There are hockey geeks. There are NASCAR geeks. There are uh, Quidditch geeks. There oh, are, yeah. you know, you know I, Harry Potter geeks. I mean, there's... Geek now is more of a, a term of endearment for something that you enjoy or love at this point and stage in the human evolution. And I... I, I my whole point here is I don't think I've ever seen anyone be a mall geek like Brody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he would be the epitome of otaku for the mall. I mean, that's all it really is. <laughs> wow. I don't know if that's insulting him or not, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, a lot of people have said that otaku was negative at first because it was basically saying, oh, you're such a geek. But now it's kind of become this Japanese word of, oh, it's very, you're an intense fanboy. So <laughs> I think it fits perfectly for him. Yeah. Um, 
so they go to the mall and we see all these <laughs> all these different stores like you said fashionable mail uh rug muncher yes. <laughs> um, all these different stores uh cherche la femme <laughs> yes. girl store. uh this is absolutely awesome um so they have an adventure in the mall and and they run into uh it's not willem willem was scott mosher um what the hell's Supley's character name? Damn it. William Black. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, Willem. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> and they run into William Black, who is staring at um, at one of these stupid images that if you stare at it long enough, you'll see a picture. Yeah, and these things were, like, all over the malls in the 90s. Oh, so. my this they were. I hated those things. Oh, God. Oh. They they would give me headaches trying to stare at them to see what they are. And if if you ever want to find out what they are, go look up Magic Eye on the internet. Google them. There's books about them. I'm sure you can still find them around if you want them. But Magic Eye is worse than where than where's Waldo. Yes. <laughs> I can always find Waldo. I could never. Magic Eye nearly destroyed my eyesight more than it already was. Yes. Uh, so they run into him and they say, you know. Brody's all pissed off. What the what the hell is this shit? What's going on here? Because uh, they're erecting a stage in the mall. Yes. Um, and and William says it's oh it's for some game show. <laughs> what game show? Oh shit! This is all about her about her dad's uh, truth or date, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, just great. And they, of course, when they go through all this, they find out they run into Silent Bob and Jay, and they're Jay. They're talking about wanting to destroy that stage, which. <laughs> and Jay's like, "Oh, we were gonna do that anyway." Yes. <laughs> they have much more of a um, centralized role in this. Uh, in yes. Clerks, they were just kind of there, and I'm not saying they were bad in Clerks. They weren't. But they the the clerks' roles for those characters were be outside, do crazy stuff while yeah. they're filming outside. In here, they're a part of the story. And oh, yeah. this is where we get set up with Silent Bob and his Jedi mind tricks. Yes. <laughs> He's trying to make the cigarette level in levitate in his hand and like staring at it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a person's eyes bulge as much as <laughs> not even Ahmed the dead terrorist can make his eyes bulge like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, and the whole time Jay just slaps the cigarette, dude, knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh so they meet up with them and, and then uh Brody and T.S., uh, well, Brody asks them to destroy the stage, and that's when Jay says, oh, we're going to do that anyway. He's like, uh, should we do it Wolverine Wolverine X-Men style or Weapon X? And <laughs> they go into the whole berserk. And again, it, it's showing continuity here with Kevin Smith's films because they go okay. into Wolverine's berserk attack, which also calls back to uh, Olaf's uh, song, Berserker, Berserker. from <laughs> <Clerks>. <laughs> But they they don't mention making fuck, unfortunately. <laughs> Did he just say making fuck? Yeah, I mean they, they they do get stopped by the mall security guard Lafours, which I don't get why they called them Lafours. It was kind of like whatever. 
Uh, but yeah, he was uh, that and between that and the straw hat that he was wearing, it made him look like he was straight out of a barbershop quartet, which I didn't quite understand either. Uh, yeah. But of course, as they go through the mall throughout that day, they do find out about uh, Shannon Hamilton, who's played by Ben Affleck, <laughs> uh, who runs the fashionable mail. That asshole over at the fashionable mail. <laughs> Uh, and he turns out that he's trying to date, he's trying to get into Renee's pants. Mm-hmm. And that was absolutely hilarious because as they find out about this, he's like, he sneaks onto the elevator with her to find out more about him, her dating Shannon. And he, they like go at it in this glass elevator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was just, I, I, and of course they come out, they're like straightening their clothes and people are like looking at him like, um, okay. And he just got like, Jason Lee does that whole like snap and point at him like, Yeah. I'm gonna fuck you up, Mallrat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the the one of the best things is that when they finally get confronted by Shannon, Shannon tells him that I want to have sex with your girlfriend in an uncomfortable place, <laughs> like the back of a Volkswagen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that gets used later on when they go on the truth or date, which I just thought was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and the sad thing is, as soon as every, every time I see that movie, I'm like. Yeah, I would think in the backseat of Bumblebee, it would be a very uncomfortable place. <laughs> talk, about tra- talk about transforming your sex life. Yes. <laughs> and of course, every time I think about having sex in a Volkswagen, that's all I can think about is a yellow beetle. <laughs> oh, But yeah, then of course they have the whole thing that Brody says that he gets attacked by the Easter Bunny, and so Jay and Silent Bob are beating up on the Easter Bunny, and that was hilarious. Uh, best one of the best parts though is when they finally actually do run into uh, Brandy's father, Jared. Yes, and they're like standing there, and they've got uh, Jason Lee's holding that bag of pretzels, and they're really <laughs> warm. And he's describing to Brody what they should do, and he's like, "Look, this is what you should do. Just give him the stink palm. What? What's a stink palm?" You stick your hand down in your pants, and you get that, like, really nice and greasy smell on it. And then he's, like, he's going through, he's got the whole stink palm, and he goes, and then you, like, shake his hand, and he can't get rid of that stench for, like, the longest time. Mm-hmm. And he does the whole stink palm, like, wipes his palm all over him, and then offers him some of the chocolate pretzels. Would you like a chocolate carved pretzel? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and, of course, I, I'm at Comic-Con, like, year after this, I want to say, it was it was uh, either 96 or 97, and Jason Lee is there talking about Dreamcatcher. Mm-hmm. And he's there, and he's, he's going out and talking about it, and some guy goes, okay, Jason, you gotta ask, what's your favorite line? And he gets down, and he leans him in the mic, would you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? <laughs> and the audience just went nuts. It was like, oh my god. <laughs> so the fact that he remembered that, and he, I mean, that, you remember that that was one of his most popular lines at that point. And that was kind of what put him on the map at that point for his comedy career. Hell, I would have said it too. <laughs> yeah. And I I found it so hilarious that Brody takes over the Tonight Show. Oh, <laughs> God. Hey, maybe, there's, maybe that's who they should have take over Letterman now that he's leaving. We'll get Jason Lee to do it. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. oh god. 
But yeah, I mean, there's just there's all sorts of things that go on with these guys. I mean, they they do get kicked out of the mall for a while because Lafour starts chasing them. They end up at the flea market, which was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Jason Lee's character keeps walking around and is like, "Oh, hey, these are my people. You know, this is what the salt of the earth type of thing." Yeah. And they walk in and they see Priscilla Barnes doing the uh, topless uh, psychic, which was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, the topless psychic with a third nipple. <laughs> and he's like staring at it. What the hell? That's that's not right. That's what the fuck? You've got three nipples. <laughs> oh, that was just and that was classic. I mean, just going on and on about that. It's so funny because didn't Brody tell him not to stare? Yes. Not to say anything. It's so funny that that happened there because later on in a completely different movie that has nothing to do with Kevin Smith whatsoever, there's a scene in the 2003 remake of The Italian Job where Mark Wahlberg tells, um, Mark Wahlberg's character Charlie tells Left Ear not to stare at Skinny Pete because Skinny Pete is a giant fat guy. Yes. <laughs> and, and Left Ear is like, uh, I need some nitrogen. And he, he, he's doing this like he, he's trying to look everywhere except at Skinny Pete. And Skinny Pete's like, is there a problem? What's wrong with you? Oh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> he's just trying. He's just, you know, it's one of those things. You tell somebody to do something, they try to do it, but they do it in the most awkward way possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and didn't she take it off and eat it at one point? Was it yes. supposed to be a pepperoni or something? Yeah, she, she took it off at the very end and was like rolling it around in her mouth and then pulled oh. it back out. It was like a I, stick on. It was hilarious. Oh, God. Now, one little thing of trivia that I have about that, because I, I, I know I'm getting into this a little early, but uh-huh. if I don't say this, I'm going to forget it. <laughs> uh, Jason Jason Mewes, actually, when they went to go film that scene, uh, the first time he, he actually got to meet Priscilla Barnes. And apparently, I guess she had done like some topless stuff before for Playboy. So he's like, he runs up to her and goes, oh my God, Priscilla Barnes, you're so hot. I used to jack off to your magazine. Oh my God. And, and Kevin Smith was actually like, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, Jay, come on, we'll get you some heroin or something. <laughs> he was, it, it was just like, he was walking them away. He's going, this is bad. This is very bad. But he's, he's like, I, I, Priscilla Barnes was like, um, thanks, I guess. <laughs> you know, that, and he's telling her, I spanked the monkey to you. Dude, that would just creep me out. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that would be very, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, I mean, there's so much that goes on with this. They have Stan Lee who's showing up there at the mall. They have uh, the truth or date thing that goes through, which they end up sneaking uh, Jason and or uh, Brody and TS onto the show. And, of course, the third guy that's with them, Gil. I, mm-hmm. I love Gil because I'm looking at him and I'm going, damn, he looks familiar. And then I realized it's Dante. Yep. It's Dante. Gil Hicks. Gil Hicks. Hicks. Yep. And, you know, and he's just like sitting there. He's kind of just total bozo. And they're yeah. going through, oh, yeah, I'd be like a jackhammer kissing me. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was classic. Yeah. That's the funniest thing. That's the coolest thing about Kevin Smith and his, his continuity that he does. There are three Hicks men in his films. There's Dante from Clerks. There's Gil from this. 
And then in Dogma, there's the news reporter Grant Hicks, all of which Brian O'Halloran plays all three roles. <laughs> well, don't forget, he was also in James Silent Bob Strike Back. He had a very small cameo when he's standing there, and they've got the Planet of the Apes getting ready to cut his head off. And he's going, I'm not supposed to be here today. Right, that's Dante. Right, but, but that's... What I'm saying, oh, yeah, but what yeah, I'm yeah. saying is Brian O'Halloran, the actor... Plays Dante, Gill, and then in Dogma, Grant Hicks. Yes. So yes. three different Hicks men, all the same char- all the same character actor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah, oh, I, I just it, that, and then uh, the girl who's I, I'm sorry, she was very obviously 18, but uh, she said she was 15. Oh, Trisha. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Trisha Jones. She is Alyssa Jones's sister. <laughs> yeah. And she's sleeping with all these men, and you know, you see her. She records a sex tape of her and Shannon, and he's tapping her and pretending that he's one of the new kids on the block. <laughs> that, that was just is oh. so wrong. Yes. I'm, oh, that's so wrong. Yes, I mean that was just so so bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so bad. Uh, so the film ends and well, how the film ends is, is that Brody and TS and Jay and Silent Bob come up with this huge plan to, to set everything right. TS and Brandy can go to Universal Studios and he's going to propose when Jaws pops out of the water. That's some strange joke right there. It's yeah. one of, one of Kevin Smith's more subtle dick jokes when Jaws pops out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but um, at the end, it's, uh, you know, Jay and Silent Bob and and them trying to, you know, pin everything on, on, on Hamilton and, and spending and that happens. And um, as I said, it pretty much ends with Jay and Silent Bob going off on their own with, with Suzanne, where I have no idea where Suzanne came from. She wasn't... I don't remember her being in the movie. She wasn't, actually. Um, I'm trying to think. I, yeah, that was the only thing I can think of where she showed up. I know that she did come back for um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Strike Back, yes. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so... Um, did you, have you seen the extended cut at all? No. Okay. Um, once again, listeners, I'm sorry. I want to get this right. So I'm reading from Wikipedia in 2005, a 10th anniversary DVD was released, adding almost 30 minutes of footage that were never seen. In addition to the original theatrical cut of the film, it features an alternate cut of the movie created specifically for the release based on an early cut of the film. Included in the previously deleted footage, which is included in previously released DVD, are several different subplots that were cut out from the movie. An alternate opening scene in which Mr. Spenning hosts a ball for the governor of New Jersey. In this scene, T.S. dressed as uh, a Colonel Musketman accidentally gets his musket tangled up in Brandy's hair and then accidentally shoots at the governor on the roof of a school, which ends up costing Mr. Spinning his reputation as well as big pay raise. Oh, this God. explains the reason why Spinning shows an intense dislike for T.S. and why Brandy is so intent on breaking up with him. This scene also makes no mention of Julie Dwyer's death, as the theatrical cut did. Yes. Um, uh, 
and it, it, it lists the other scenes here. Um, I I love this movie. This movie is so so great. Um, shall we get into the cast with uh, Mr. Brody Bruce himself? Oh, of course. Go right he, ahead. He has some interesting things that he's done. His film debut was there's this thing listed here called Video Days in '91. He was in My Vita Loca in 93 which i believe that's the ricky martin song oh god i think no that was living la vida loca my vida loca yeah. also known as my, oh, my, my crazy life i uh, can't speak spanish for crap that's okay. um chance and things in 94 mall rats in 95 uh he was banky and chasing amy in 97 uh he was also in a kissing a fool in 98 uh Something really awesome after I saw because it, it when we get to eventually reviewing Chasing Amy, that's I'm gonna have an interesting story there. But oh, yeah, I had seen Mallrats and I had seen Chasing Amy, and the next thing I had seen him in was uh, Enemy of the State as Daniel Zavitz. And I'm like, hey, what's Brody doing in a, in a spy thriller? Yep. <laughs> Uh, he was Azrael in Dogma, so back to uh, Kevin Smith movies. He was in Mumford in 2000. He was in Almost Famous. He was in Heartbreakers in 2001. Don't forget The Incredibles, where he was Syndrome and Flash Buddy Pine. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, that's right. I am Syndrome. Yes. Um, and, of course, in the live-action version of Underdog, which, God, I can't believe I sat through that freaking movie. I said I have yeah, I, I've seen like the end of it. I, I've never seen the beginning of it. Um he also brought to life uh, Dave Seville in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Yeah, and I've only seen bits and pieces of the Alvin and the Chipmunks live action movies because Same here. I you know, it's just one of those things that's gonna grade on me. I don't wanna ruin Ross Bagdasarian mm. cartoon for me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he is currently, according to this, in pre-production for Behaving Badly. Um, for television, uh, he everyone knows him as Earl from My Name Is Earl. Yes. Uh, he was on a couple episodes of Raising Hope. He was on Memphis Beat, Up All Night. Uh, most recently, he was on uh, Men at Work. Um, he was an uncredited cameo appearance. Uh, in 2000, uh, 2004, he did video games for The Incredibles, Tony Hawk's Project 8, Alvin and the Chipmunks, and Skate 3. Um, Lee really, Jason Lee is one of those guys that if he's not doing comedy, I don't know... I liked him as Daniel Zavitz for all of five seconds we saw him in Enemy of the State, so... Um, but I wasn't a fan of the My Name is Earl show. I like him as Smith's characters. You know, um, I watched I watched My Name is Earl only because I kind of liked Jason Lee, and I and the fact that they had um, Jamie Jamie Presley on the show. Mm -hmm. You know, and at the time I I kept thinking, well, she's got nice tits, but <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, I'm a guy. What can I think? <laughs> Just watch uh, not another teen movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but Fucking I, teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize this, but Jason Lee, he apparently was like a huge skateboarder before he actually started uh, doing Kevin Smith's movies. And he was the one that coined the 360 flip. So if, you're, if there's anybody who's into uh, skateboarding, he was the one who came up with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just, I love this guy. He really is. This is, I, I have to think that probably Brody Bruce was his standout best role. I I really can't think of anything else. I mean... That and Banky Edwards from Chasing Amy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was great as Azrael, too, but in yeah. Dogma, but it just wasn't quite the same. No, because it was more... It was a more serious kind of... Uh, not depressing. Um, dark kind of character. Yeah. Oh, holy crap. I didn't realize this. He's from Orange, California. He's like... Like 45 minutes from where I live. <laughs> oh, boy. Get the get the restraining order ready, Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm going to be Leonard from from uh, Big Bang. Or not Leonard. Uh, no, not excuse Leonard. Me, Sheldon. Yeah. Sheldon, excuse me. I can, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on to Jeremy London. Um, I can safely say outside of... Mallrats and Party of Five, I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff that he's done. Yeah, I've... God, I'm looking at some of the stuff that he's got here. Um, shit, I haven't seen any of this stuff. I mean, I've seen several episodes of... of uh, I've, I've seen the episode of him on Crossing Jordan, um, but some of the other stuff he's done, uh, I haven't seen a lot of it at all. Yeah, he... Uh, Really, it doesn't look like he... I mean, he's got a lot of stuff that he's done. Yeah. Uh, he was Chandler Hampton on Seventh Heaven, but... Yeah. Hell if I know who he was, because I never watched Seventh Heaven. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that Griffin Holbrook is... Griffin Holbrook and T.S. Quinn are probably the only two characters. Griffin is the one from Party of Five, which is kind of sad that I only know him from those. Um, moving on to, um, <laughs> Brenda herself. Oh, <laughs> oh, she was a, her very first thing she ever did was Teresa voicing in The Secret of Nymph. Wow. Secret uh, of Nymph? Like yeah. porn? Or no. Nymph? The animated uh. movie. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm the way you made it sound. I'm, I'm thinking, oh crap. Hey, there's a porn with her out there. <laughs> no, there probably is, but uh, let's see. She was in Heather's. Uh, I remember that movie. Uh, she was in. She was herself in Naked Gun Thirty Three and a Third a year before Mallrats. Uh, she was then in Nowhere, Sleeping with the Devil, Striking Poses. Uh, she was herself as a cameo in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, she has three films coming out this year, Bukowski, Undateable John, and Back in the Day for television. Her debut was Father Murphy, uh, Voyagers, I, Little House. Oh my God. She was in Little House in the Prairie. Oh my she God. She was also on Our House where she was with the Witherspoons. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, Wilford you know Brimley. What's, you know what's really going to kill you? She was Phoebe Danner on Bite of the Jackal in Airwolf, and she was nominated for a Young Artist Award for that uh. in Airwolf. I cannot believe that. 
Uh, she was on the new Leave It to Beaver, uh, Highway to Heaven. Uh, she was uh, the lady in red and Alf loves the mystery. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, Twenty One Jump Street, Life Goes On. Of course, everybody remembers her as Brenda Walsh in Nine Hundred Two One Zero. And if they don't, they remember her as True Hollowell in Charmed. Yeah, there is that. Um, uh, let's see. She was also in uh, Christmas Caper in 2007. More recently than that. Um, well, she did reprise as, her role as Brenda Walsh in uh, 90210 and she got yeah. in 2009. Yeah. Series. Ugh. It should have died. It should have stayed dead when the peach went, went to dark. <laughs> went well, dark. you know... The original series, I like it only because of the fact of at the t- what it was doing at the time. It was you're not going to see a television show like that nowadays. No. You just because it broke all kinds of barriers with social stuff and everything else. Um, most recently, as of 2012, she was Witch Slayer in Witch Slayer Witch Slayer Gretel, uh, the new normal. She was herself on the XY Factor episode. Um, I know she played herself for a couple of episodes on, um, oh God, what is that candid camera type show that they did on sci-fi? Scare Tactics? Yes. She was the host. Well, um, they, they had Tracy Morgan as the host, and then she was like a secondary person on there. Oh, it lists here that she's the host, but okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. She's had one web series in 2011 called Sweet, uh, Sweet Seven. Uh, she was director on several different things, producer on several different things. Um, I mean, she's had an interesting career. I, I, she's not someone that I really expect a lot out of nowadays. Um, no, I'll say this. She still looks pretty damn good. Yeah, she does. You know, she's whatever her ancestry is, whatever she's got going on there, her genes. Hey. I'm glad for it. Shannon, you still look good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on to Claire Forlani. She has the unfortunate uh, thing of probably the most famous thing, early famous thing she would be remembered for besides them all rats would be Police Academy Mission to Moscow. Uh. <laughs> uh, mall rats, um, Meet Joe Black, Mystery Men. I loved her in Boys and Girls with the guy who pucked up. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Puckify. Um, <laughs> uh, she was in Antitrust with Ryan Philippi in 2001. That was a pretty good movie. Um, she was in The Medallion with uh, Jackie Jack Chan. Yeah, she was in Ripley Underground, Nightmares and Dreams- Dreamscapes. She was uh had nine episodes in season three and one episode each in seasons four to six of csi new york um most recently she was in camelot she was also two six total episodes as the character lauren hunter on ncis los angeles and she's the narrator on a film called unity uh, that is coming up. It's an upcoming educational documentary film written, directed, and produced by Sean Monson. Film picks up where Monson says, oh, it's, I don't know, some other weird thing. Um, no, she's a good actress. I, I like yeah. her. She's very, very interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know you didn't like Mystery Man all that much, but I, I got to say, I really liked her character in that film. She was cute. She was, you know, she was kind of the the soft-spoken girl next door type of thing that all the heroes have to rescue. Yeah. And that's really that's really what her character was. And I, I loved her for it. She fit perfectly for that. I think we're going to save the big gun for last. Because... <laughs> Oh boy, do I have stuff to say about him. Yes. <laughs> uh, moving on to Joey Lauren Adams. Uh, she, her first, her breakout was Coneheads as Christina. Yeah. Uh, Dazed and Confused as Simone Kerr. Uh, she was in uh, SW, SFW. She was in Mallrats. She was in Biodome. Oh, oh my God. God, yes. She, <laughs> she was, was uh, one of the, one of either, uh, Stephen Baldwin or Polly Shore's girlfriend. I forget which one. One of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was in Michael with uh, John Travolta in 96, Chasing Amy 97. She was in Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. Uh, she was in Dr. Little 2, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, and, and she's one of those those actresses that really, it depends on the part, but I really do like her in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I, I was really kind of surprised to see her. I mean, I I, I recognized her face when I saw her in Mallrats, but I was like, where have I seen her from? And she's done a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. You just don't put it together, unfortunately. Yeah. The one film that really, um, like, was really strange for, for me to see her in was a film called Harvard Man with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, boy. I... <laughs> it was an interesting film, but um, it was a little strange. Uh, she's got a lot of... Uh, Joey Lauren Adams has three different projects coming up. Uh, for television, she was uh, <laughs> Mona Muffins and Cousin Effie on Married with Children. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, she was in Hercules. She was... What's new? Scooby Doo as a voice of Rachel. She was on Veronica Mars. Uh, most recently, she was on Switched at Birth last year. Yeah, she also did uh, six episodes here of uh, United States of Terra, which mm -hmm. I actually watched that show. I thought it was pretty good with Tony Collette, uh, but not that great. I mean, good, but not great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Poor Jay. He had a cameo in Scream 3. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, J Jason Mewes, it's kind of hard to talk about his filmography because half of his characters are Jay. Yeah. Yeah, I they mean, really are. It's either Jay or himself. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. Um, He's had... And I got to point out some things with Jay. He has been through a lot of shit in his life. I mean, just... He has, yeah. He got fucked up with drugs early. And this is just an example. Jason Mewes is probably one of the best reasons for people to look at and go, don't do drugs. Mm -hmm. uh, because he, he really has come from some very dark spots in his life. And he was strung out half of these, half of these uh, Kevin Smith movies where he was, in, he was as Jay. Mm -hmm. And he was... They actually wanted to have him come in and do Clerks too, but Kevin Smith said he goes, "Dude, I'm not going to do it until you get clean." Right. Yeah. 
Um, I remember hearing, I think it's the first, what is it, first 10 episodes of um, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Uh, they're the, the podcast that they do on, on Kevin Smith's Smodcast Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first, I think, 10, 11, or maybe even 15 episodes are just them telling everybody Jay's story. Yeah. And I, I, it, it's just, it, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and Jay has, he has really cleaned himself up. I, uh, mm-hmm. I got a chance to see him and Kevin Smith when they were here in San Diego at Belly Up Tavern. And they were doing Jane Silent Bob Get Old as their podcast coming around. Mm-hmm. And he was he was much more animated. He was awake. He kept talking about how he was screwing some girl down at Comic-Con and how he was strung out on prescription drugs the entire time. And mm-hmm. just, I mean, he's going on and on and on about this. But he said, he goes, you know, this podcast is probably one of the best things of my life because mm-hmm. it really helped save me. It turned me around. It got me straightened out, and I got a chance to talk about my inner demons, and I realized I don't need to do that shit anymore. Yep. So, I mean, this is a great thing for him. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, bare-ass Michael Rooker in Mallrats. <laughs> well, before we get to that, I, I, I want to bring up a couple of the things that Jay has done, because I okay. do really like some of the stuff that he's been in. Uh, one of my absolute favorite shows... I've only seen it on Netflix, but it was a TV series in Canada that they did. Uh, he was on a show called Todd and the Book of Pure Evil, <laughs> mm-hmm. which if you've never seen it, go out and see it. It's it's worth the watch. It's it's a lot of swearing. It's drugs. It's basically it, it's next generation of of Jay and Silent Bob in a sense because you have Todd and his buddy who's who's got a fake hand who got his hand cut off. Uh, it, it, and it's just, it's it's worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth watching, especially with the Book of Pure Evil that shows up and gives them all different powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, you, you've got that. He's been, uh, he was in, uh, oh God, he was he showed up in Fanboys, which yeah. that was another one. It was him and Kevin Smith. They had a little cameo in, at uh, the gas station. Uh, God, what else has he been uh, Clerks 2, High Hopes, uh, God, he's having, he's actually had a lot of stuff here, I'm looking, RSVP, mm-hmm. uh, of course, the Clerks TV series that they did, uh, the animated <laughs> series where he was in there, yeah, uh, and yeah, basically, I mean, his start was in Clerks, and he kind of worked his way through most of Kevin Smith's movies, and got himself cleaned up, and I'm kind of glad for that. Uh, so let's go ahead and we'll bump over to Michael Rooker now. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's done a lot. Like as an actor, he has done a lot of stuff. Um, Rent a Cop, Above the Law, Eight Men Out, Mississippi Burning. This is all before Days of Thunder, and then after that, JFK, uh, Cliffhanger, Tombstone, Mallrats. Um. Let's see here. Back to back. Rosewood Deceiver. Uh, Sh- uh, Shadow Builder. Um, he was in The Bone Collector uh, in 99. Uh, he was in uh, The Replacement Killers as well. Uh, yeah, The Replacement Killers in 98. Um, most recently, he's... Oh, 
as I said in the Days of Thunder episode, he's going to be Yondu or Yondo. I don't know where. And he's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, for television, he started in '86 with Crime Story. Uh, in the pilot episode for that, uh, he was on Tremors, Stargate SG One, CSI Miami. He was on Las Vegas in 2004. He was on Numbers. Uh, in 2005, as well as Jag, he was on an episode of Law and Order. Um, most recently, he is Sheriff Easy Ponder in Archer on FX. Yeah, he's also been. Uh, there was an episode of Chuck which he did, which was Chuck versus Santa Claus, which was anytime they have people showing up on Chuck was absolutely just hilarious for what they did because they always spoof some of the stuff that they did before. Uh, him showing up in Psych, and of course, to the Walking Dead fans out there, he is Merle Dixon. Mm-hmm. Uh, righty then. Um, Kevin Smith, the director, Silent yes. Bob himself. Oh my God, he his first filmography, as far as uh, director, producer, editor, writer, and actor was Mayday, the crumbling of a documentary. And then, of course, Clerks, uh, Mallrats, Ch- uh, it, all of his films. Uh, he was then in Zack and Mary Make a Porno. Uh, believe he did not. Yes, he did direct that. Uh, yeah. Cough Out, Red State, Tusk, and then To Be Determined is Clerks 3. I'm... I was really hoping they would leave Clerks alone after Clerks too, but whatever. Well, you, you know, I could see, I could see them doing Clerks three. the The one thing I could totally see them doing would be having Dante, and uh, oh my god, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Randall. Thank you. I could totally see them sitting around in a call center and doing calls, tech support. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could see, I could see Randall just going. You're a fucking idiot with half these people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in a bunch of movies outside of his own films. Uh, he was in Scream 3 as Silent Bob. He was in um, O'Halloran's film Vulgar. He was in Daredevil. Uh, he was in uh, Catch and Release. He was in a voice in Superman Doomsday. He was the diner cook in the 2007 TMNT CGI film. He was Warlock in Live Free or Die Hard. He was also in Fanboys. Um, Let's see here. Jay and Silent Bob, super groovy cartoon movie in Silent Bob. Uh, He's done one, two, three, four, five different Q&As since 2002. Um, (laughs) He was Tony's wife's nephew on Black, White, and Blue, an episode of Law & Order in 2000. Uh, Clerks, the animated series, obviously. Um, Got it. Can't forget was... Phineas and Ferb because he was on Phineas and Ferb as a voice. Yeah, he was on Phineas and Ferb as Clive Addison. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I actually just saw that episode again on uh, they they re-aired it on one of the Disney channels and and uh, and Ferb's line is um, what I'd really like to do is direct and and, and Clive Addison says, "Oh man, don't we all?" <laughs> <laughs> The interesting thing here is um, he also was, where is it? I just, ah, he was Hal Jordan on Duck Dodgers. 
Oh my god! I completely <laughs> forgot about that. You have not. Have you ever seen the episode "The Green Loon Turn"? No. Oh my god! You need to see it. It's so hilarious. Um, he was. Uh, what else has he done? Um, obviously, we you know talk about comic book men, 2012 to present as himself. Yeah. I I kind of like comic book men. It's it's kind of what the adventures of his friends do plus it's basically his friends adventures. So Walt Flanagan, Brian Johnson, Mike Zabsik and Ming Chen and the adventures of them in Jersey at the, the main secret stash store plus uh, pawn stars. So yeah. people will bring in and they'll haggle and uh, I like certain parts of it. Sometimes I can, it depends on what the theme of the episode is, but I, I did enjoy it the first couple of seasons. I actually know a guy who actually traveled from Canada to Jersey to be on the show. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those crazy Canucks. Um, all right, so the big gun and probably final cast member we are going to talk about well, is... I, I, I want to mention, I'm sorry, i got to interrupt just for a minute Go here. Ahead. I want to mention Ethan Supley. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Ethan's, Ethan's had a lot. He's actually done quite a bit. I didn't realize how much he's done. Uh, he, you know, he showed up in Chasing Amy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he showed up on, on TV show Raising Hope. Uh, Men at Work. Uh, he was on an episode of Wilfred, or I'm sorry, two episodes of Wilfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he was, he worked with Jason Lee. So, again, kind of coming back with Jason Lee, he was uh, Earl Hickey's brother, Randy. <laughs> which was actually kind of funny seeing all that. Uh, God, what else? He was in Clerks 2. He showed up as a, as a teen. Uh, oh, he was Louis Lastic in Remember the Titans. And I still remember one of his best lines out of that thing. Oh, man, my back hurts. Why? I've been carrying your mama all night, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he, He's he's been around for so much. Uh, he was actually just he was uh, oh he played as uh, Frankie Stacchino in Boy Meets World. So he had he had a little bit there with uh, Batman Beyond himself, uh, Will Friedel. Yep, yep. Um, what else? Oh, and he was just in Wolf of Wall Street too. He was uh, yep. he showed up there as Toby Welch. Yeah. So anyway. Sorry about that. I just want to interrupt with that. No, one. yeah. I mean, no, that's that's fine. Um, and of course, we cannot forget Batfleck himself. Yes, <laughs> Mister Ben Affleck. Uh, probably most famous for Goodwill Hunting. Um, most most yeah. most famous. You know, um, I would say that the earliest thing someone's going to remember him from would probably be School Ties and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the 1992 film Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, he was also in Dazed and Confused, Mallrats, Glory Days, Chasing Amy, uh, Good Will Hunting, obviously. Um, yeah, I remember seeing uh, him in Dazed and Confused because he, he was the asshole that kept beating up the kid. <laughs> and he drove that, uh, he drove the, the 72 GTO. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shakespeare in Love in 98, Armageddon in 90. I love Armageddon. I love that movie. AJ, there are just five words I need to hear from you right now. Uh, Harry, 
Seriously, I love her. Way wrong answer. Oh, God, I can quote that movie all day long. Uh, he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Uh, let's see, Dogman 99, 200 cigarettes. He had a couple of blunders in the early 2000s, stuff yeah. like Bounce and Reindeer Games. And... <laughs> yeah, the only good thing about Reindeer Games was that Charlize Theron was in it. Uh, that's yes. about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Pearl Harbor in 2001. Oh. Some of All Fears in 2002. Now, I did just most recently rewatch Some of All Fears. It's a little hard to follow the plot, but the acting in it is very well done. Yeah. So it's not like, oh my God, this is the worst movie ever. Uh, he was in Changing Lanes. Obviously, he was Daredevil. Uh, uh. The, watch the director's cut. It's a much better story. I might have to. Yeah. Uh, Paycheck. Uh, Clerks 2. Uh, Smoke and Aces. I'm surprised there hasn't been a sequel to that film yet. Smoke and Aces? There has. They did a well, sequel of it. it it's yeah, absolutely I guess horrible. Would, uh, I guess he just wasn't in it then. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, most recently, uh, since 2010, The Town, Argo, To the Wonder, Runner Runner, Gone Girl is coming up this year. And then obviously he's going to be Bruce Wayne Batman in 2016. Um, the Town, I believe, uh, yeah, co yeah, starring Corinne, I believe The Town was his directorial debut. Uh, might have been. I it's don't either know for sure. That or art? No, I, I, I think, I think it was the town because I don't think he direct. Uh, I know he directed uh, Argo, and he got he a nomination did, he, for that. Yeah, he did direct Argo, but the town came before. Came two years before that. Yeah. Um, the town. It. I'm from Boston, so I can safely say that I like Ben Affleck as an actor. Uh, whether he's doing Boston stuff or not. Um, but when he does the Boston stuff, when he does stuff like the town and Goodwill hunting, oh my God, it's absolutely amazing. It really, really is. Um, I know people have said a bunch of negative things about last year's runner runner, but I still want to see it eventually. And I'm really interested in gone girl for this year, late uh, later this year. Yeah. I, I'm still having, issues i guess with him coming up as batman <laughs> i i keep i keep seeing him and i keep thinking oh please oh please oh please oh please don't let it be george clooney all over again no i think he'll do i think he'll do okay as batman i i, I really do um, yeah i i think kevin smith will probably kick him in the head and say you better not fuck this up <laughs> I think he might have already done that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay, as director, technically, the short film I Killed My Lesbian Wife in 93 was his directorial debut, but his big screen directorial debut was Gone Baby Gone with his brother Casey Affleck starring, uh, then The Town, then Argo. Um, so, but Ben has had a very interesting, interesting career. Uh, on the whole, Mall Rats, I absolutely love it. It's it's a great comedy film that you, I I swear the second Mission Impossible that Jay and Silent Bob do and he ends up flying <laughs> through. <laughs> fly, fat ass, fly! You fucker! <laughs> it's been it, and I know, like 
until I had like the DVD and played that scene in super slow mo, I didn't really realize the joke of where he lands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or that you see uh, uh, Joey topless. <laughs> oh no, I knew I knew about that. I just didn't know about where he lands on 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 the poster. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but overall, Mallrats, absolutely amazing film. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, and I can't say enough about this film. We, I am gonna have to put some quotes in at the end of this because just, oh yeah, there is so many of these things. Uh, you know, wh- one of my favorites, adventure, excitement, a Jedi craves not these things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and of course, the discussion. We talked about this off air. This was something. This quote, which I'm gonna include, and I'll probably stick right here. Uh, they go on and on. It, it sets up for Superman Returns. And I swear to God, Brian Singer should have seen this movie. Maybe he got it from here. I don't know. But they have the whole thing discussing Superman and Lois Lane having a love child. And he goes on. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll make sure the clip is in there. So Yeah, uh, he goes on and on and on. And he also predicts that Superman and Wonder Woman are going to start dating as well. Yes. Uh, Because that is going on now in the new 52 comics. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, No, Mallrats, absolutely enjoyable film. Uh, Hilarious. It's a lot of it is dick and fart joke as jokes and stuff like that. And yes, Brody is hung up on superhero sex organs, like Stanley said, but. (laughs) You know what? Some, especially in this world nowadays, you really do need a really funny movie. And Kevin Smith, when he was in his heyday, you know, years and years ago, he was writing some of the funniest shit. Oh yeah, um, uh, just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, just some of the stuff. I don't know where he came up with it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure that he got some of it from from Walt Flanagan and from uh, Brian Johnson. Because he has said numerous times that Brian Johnson was his inspiration. But some of it, I mean, like, he's got one line where Jay says, Silent Bob here is an electrical genius. He won the science fair in eighth grade by turning his mom's vibrator into a CD player using some <laughs> chicken wire and shit. Yeah. Motherfucker's yeah. like MacGyver. No, motherfucker's better than MacGyver. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Did you know that the dog, the German Shepherd dog in the very beginning of Clerks is Walt Flanagan's dog? <laughs> yes. And they make reference to that too, because yeah. when he's when they're running away from the floors, he goes, Damn it, he's faster than Walt Flanagan's dog. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh. Alright, so anything else before I make a little announcement here? Nope, I can't think of anything else put in here. Alright, so We are on April 9th as of this recording, and it is now baseball season again. And uh, the rest of this month, we here on Talking About My Generation are going to do baseball film double headers. Yes. Uh, Field of Dreams in a League of Their Own is the first one. The Sandlot, the original, not the crappy made-for-TV later films. The Sandlot and the Rookie is going to be the second episode of the Doubleheaders. And then the third one is going to be Summer Catch and Fever Pitch. Now, the third one is mainly probably going to be me taking over the show because 
Summer Catch and Fever Pitch are both Boston-based or New England-based baseball films. And I'm going to be <laughs> honest, I have not seen either one of those films yet. Oh, yet. God. I, I've heard great things about both of them because I know that they got Jimmy Fallon in Fever Pitch and he's like a Boston Red Sox fanatic. Oh my God, dude, you have no... No, no, no. Fanatic doesn't even... We'll, we'll have to wait and get to it because yeah. holy crap. Oh my God, that episode's going to be awesome. So that's the plans for for the rest of April. Sounds good to me. Uh, like, you got anything else coming up on Geekcast Radio? Uh, in May, we've got Batman Month coming up on the pull bag. Um, we are also in preparations of announcing our year five contest. Uh, I can't give any details away about that, but there are going to be at least a grand prize and a second prize. Um, don't know what they're going to be just yet. Uh, let's see what else is coming up. Um, yeah, I mean, just head over to geekcastradio.com. We've got a lot, a lot of content. I've been podcasting for six years. The network has been online for five years. Uh, I am actually every day I am making two posts on our Facebook page a day, uh, bringing up old content, things people might have never seen or heard before. Well, heard before since we do audio podcasts, but you know yeah. what I mean? Um, uh, so watch out for those. Uh, it's it's going to be a blast. We're still working on the new year five site design. I'll say this right now. If people go over to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network, if you share, like our page, share our page and get us to 1000 likes on Facebook, we may launch the new site early. Right oh, now, the, there you go. New, the new site is going to be launched June second, twenty fourteen, which is a day after our five year anniversary. But uh, if we hit a thousand likes before then, we will probably launch the site uh, early. So sounds good. I'll have to throw out my stuff out there and tell people about that as well. So yeah, go for it, people. Uh, but- we want to thank you for listening to Talking About My Generation here. Please leave us uh, feedback on iTunes. We would love to hear from you, whether we suck or whether you guys think we're awesome. Please tell us what you think. I know I keep coming back to that. Uh, yes. You can send us an email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can get a hold of us on Twitter. I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T, which I will explain at some point in time. Uh, Mike, <laughs> you need to change that. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, mine is at TFG and Mike. <laughs> All right, folks, we're gonna go ahead and close out this episode. I'll put some music in here and definitely some quotes from the episode from the movie. What? You know that kid or something? I hope his pants get caught in a bloodbath ensues. What is with you today? Don't get me wrong, I don't wish the kid harm, but his mother should suffer that horrific ordeal so she'll learn how to manage her child. Sort of a harsh lesson, though, you think? Man, there's not a year goes by, not a year, that I don't read about some escalator accident involving some bastard kid that could have been easily avoided had some parent, I don't care which one, but some parent conditioned him to fear and respect that escalator. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned for Sega. But they're engaged. Doesn't matter, it can't happen. Why not? It's bound to come up. It's impossible. Lois could never have Superman's baby. Do you think her fallopian tubes could handle this sperm? I guarantee he blows a load like a shotgun right through her back. What about her womb? Do you think it's strong enough to carry his child? Sure, why not? 
He's an alien, for Christ's sake. His Kryptonian biological makeup is enhanced by Earth's yellow sun. If Lois gets a tan, the kid could kick right through her stomach. Only someone like Wonder Woman has a strong enough uterus to carry his kid. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Thank you.